Hi there. You're listening to Crypto Cafe with Randy Zuckerberg. I'm Randy Zuckerberg, and here in the Crypto Cafe, we embrace newcomers and experts alike to all things Web3, crypto, NFTs, metaverse, you name it. Uh, the past few months have been a bit interesting in the crypto world, we'll call it that. Uh, and that's really uh, affected the funding ecosystem for early stage startups that are getting into the Web3 world. Uh, luckily, today we have two experts that are joining me on the podcast to talk about what the funding ecosystem looks like, what the opportunities are for early stage startups in Web3, and a little bit of a, a look at trends and things to keep our eye on for 2023. So with that, I'm delighted to introduce James Sinka, the Orange Dow Fellowship Program program director, and Stephen Chen, co-founder and general partner at Press Start Capital. James, Stephen, thanks for joining me today. Thank you so much, Randy. Appreciate you having us. Absolutely. Happy to be here. All right. So uh, because this is our audio metaverse cafe, uh, I'd love each of you to say, you know, if we were in person, what, where in the world would we be meeting in an actual cafe and what would you be drinking? So maybe, James, you could kick us off. Yeah, I um, am drinking coffee per usual. Coffee is my go-to drink. <laughs> um, and if we could meet anywhere, I would say Paris. Uh, but right now I'm in Boston and both places have great coffee. That's awesome. I am also drinking a ginormous black coffee right now. So I'm, I'm right there with you. Stephen, what about you? Uh, yeah, if I had to pick any place in the world, I'd say, uh, you know, sitting outside of Anchor Wat with enjoying a nice cup of coffee. Um, I'm currently based in Los Angeles and drinking a nice warm cup of Phil's coffee. See, that's nice. You're here in, in Boston, in New York, where I am. We're, we're uh, jealous of your son, so enjoy <laughs> it. Um, so, James, maybe you could start by giving us a little bit of the a lay of the land about the Orange Dow Fellowship Program, your role as a director, and what you're working on these days. Definitely. So, the Orange Dow Fellowship Program came about because we knew that our members, um, who are alumni of the Y Combinator program, so people whose companies were backed by Y Combinator, um, have a drive and a certain aptitude towards building. Um, and we knew that if we were able to create a program that would give them um, 25K uh, for three months to just explore, um, test their experiments, um, go out, talk to potential customers, learn more about Web3, uh, that they would come up with new ideas and new projects um, that would be of a certain caliber because they're already founder types. So the, the program um, was really out of a desire to serve uh, the builders in our community. And as a result, um, I came to run this this program because I thought, okay, well, we need to do this. And with the decentralized nature of Orange Dow, I just proposed the idea and on we went. Um, I run basically the the day-to-day -day operations. I'm kind of like the chief everything officer. So between you know setting up office hours for for the individuals that are part of the fellowship program, um, to finding talented uh, groups that we could work with, like Stephen from Prestart, um, to making sure all of the the cash flows all work out, you know back office work uh, and everything in between. Um, it's it's like I have a, a hand in everything um, all at once. <laughs> I, I love it. It's so exciting. And what was your personal aha moment in Web3? Like what um, what what were you doing at the moment that you got into Web3? And then uh, what changed? Yeah, so it was interesting because I think like most people, I've heard about Web3 for a while. 
and you know you can see the prices of things go up and down and and uh, i thought it was just a financial instrument but it wasn't until i spent more time with actual software engineers builders programmers people that are are creating real projects in web3 that i learned oh wait this is actually real for me um i had a moment while i was at eth amsterdam uh earlier this year in april um, where I was surrounded by a bunch of uh, ex-builders or, or um, Y Combinator alumni who had their Web3 projects. And I could actually ask them questions about, okay, why Web3? What is the utility here? And getting someone to hold my hand and show me um, where the true real building and technology is happening convinced me that, okay, this isn't just uh, a pump and dump. It, this isn't just a place for people to financialize the next thing, uh, but it's actually a fundamental new way of thinking about the internet. It's really, really exciting. And now here you are uh, powering all of these great minds to be building things. Uh, Stephen, let's switch gears to you. I'd love to hear a little bit about the founding story of Press Start Capital, and maybe you can share your aha moment for getting into Web3 also. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so Press Start Capital, we're a seed stage venture fund focused on Web3 gaming and entertainment. And where that came from was, you know, we were thinking about like how does crypto onboard the next, you know, 100 million or billion users or so? And so, you know, if you look at previous technologies, uh, a lot of times what you'll see is that it was some sort of like entertainment related use case that kind of brought that technology to the masses. So, uh, you know, for instance, like smartphones or e-commerce or obviously video streaming. Um, and so, you know, we just kind of figured we'd make that same bet for crypto and um, you know, for me, like, I think it's really personal um, because my entire career pre-crypto was actually at the intersection of entertainment and tech. Um, and so I actually truly believe that Web3 will be this huge, epic unlock for creators, um, you know, helping them cultivate deeper fandoms, um, giving them new monetization models. And so we feel that we're, all, we're on the cusp of something really, really, really special. Um, we really think there's going to be like a new golden age of entertainment, so to speak. It's so um, exciting. And uh, yeah. so what are what are some of the biggest areas that you're focusing on now? And then also, I, I, maybe you can also share with us the connection between you and James and how you how you know one another and are on the show together. Sure. Yeah. So the um, I'll start with the last one. Connection to James, uh, really just mutual friends, really. Um, and, you know, I think we were both individually thinking of running our own programs uh, at first, but once we connected, we just kind of realized that we shared a lot of the same values, right? So that's exactly just, right. Yeah, super founder friendly, um, helping helping founders at the earliest stage. Um, I, I think a lot of our fellows, James, like I think a lot of them didn't even have a legal entity or name or name yet, right? So super early. That's exactly right. And and it was uh, Stephen's aptitude towards wanting to support people who are still in the exploratory phase uh, that like resonated with me. And it, it just felt like we had the same uh, vision or the same outlook on wanting to get people in business as soon as they had a good idea. It's awesome. Uh, so yeah, James, what are what are some of the areas that you're most focused on and excited about? Oh, boy. So my background is in science. Um, I have a degree in chemistry and materials engineering. And as a result, uh, there's this really cool, exciting niche in Web3 that's emerging called decentralized science. And that's where I'm Whoa. spending all of my time nerding out. And the idea behind decentralized science is using um, Web3 tools in order to improve the way we do science. And so one of my favorite examples is whenever a new piece of research is discovered, those scientists write up a paper and that paper is published. 
Um, but in order for us to access that paper, you actually have to pay um, a provider to give you access to that information. What's kind of ridiculous about this model is that uh, it's our tax money in the United States, as an example, that went in to go fund that research that was distributed by the government to the scientists to do that work. And yet we still have to pay to go access the fruit of that labor oh, that outrageous. we as a society had invested in creating. And so uh, DSI is looking at new alternative ways to make sure this data can be um, published open source and is actually owned by the scientists that do the work, as opposed to rent-seeking monopolies like journals that try to monetize the work of scientists. Wow. Okay. And Stephen, what about you? What What's capturing your interest and attention right now? Yeah, so we, we mainly focus on, you know, Web3 gaming, metaverse, NFTs, and entertainment. Um, and, you know, we kind of say internally that, you know, crypto is eating into fintech and gaming is eating into culture and entertainment. So that's that's the primary areas that we're looking into right now. Mm. Can you give any examples of, of startups you're working with or, or startups you have your eye on? Yeah, you know, so um, a couple that we've invested into. So one is Match Day. It's kind of like a NBA top shot for soccer or a football for the rest of the world. Um, you know, they have a rock star team, like the co-founders are Lionel Messi uh, and the ex-CEO of Spin. Um, another good one is a Royal. So it's a marketplace to for musicians to sell uh, music royalties. Cool. Uh, it was started by Justin Blau. He's known as this like um, as EDM DJ, but he's actually spent a, a ton of time just red pilling other web two users and musicians and and really advocating for up and coming musicians. That's awesome. All right. So give us a lay of the land. How like what is it like for early stage startups in web three right now? Like is there still a lot of enthusiasm and appetite in the funding market? Is it like is it tough times to be a web three startup right now? Like Steven, let's start with you. Give us your sense. <laughs> Yeah, um, I'll be honest, it's definitely tougher uh, than it was even six months ago, right? So um, as founders, you're seeing way lower valuations. It's taken a lot longer to, to close. Um, that being said, you know, I, like I'm still seeing a lot of excitement within communities and teams. And so I think as a founder, I would actually just focus on that, focus on what you can control, um, double down on your existing customers. And, you know, because those are the customers that are going to get you through the bear market and be your biggest advocates in the bowl. Yeah, if I could jump in, yeah, I would please. say that the biggest thing we've been seeing at Orange Dow is a growth in the number of quality companies. So people who have a very clear reason why they want to use Web3, why they want to use blockchain to solve a specific problem. As opposed to six months ago, it felt like there was a lot of individuals that had an idea and thought, oh, if I could just slap Web3 or blockchain onto it, then it would make my fundraising situation really easy. And so now that that we've seen the markets uh, change pace, um, I think it's actually giving the strongest out of all the builders uh, an advantage to really stand out because they have the conviction that there's something that they're doing that's really important and that can only be solved with blockchain. For sure. 100%. Yeah. Uh, Stephen, go ahead. Yeah, I, I was just going to add, like, you know, I think the good thing about bear markets is that, you know, everyone goes back to fundamentals, right? So as, as James alluded to, there's less like opportunists kind of like slapping on and trying to ride the hype trade. Um, and people just go back to like first principles, fundamentals, you know, from the game side. Is it fun? Is it engaging uh, on the DeFi side? You know, are you actually producing real actual yield and revenues? Um, so stuff like that. 
Totally. It, it definitely seemed a year ago that people were just slapping the word metaverse onto anything to, to like raise more money for their business or totally. uh, just like launching Literally. NFTs yeah. <laughs> for, for no reason. We're here in the Crypto Cafe. I'm your host, Randy Zuckerberg. I'm delighted to be here with James Sinka, the Orange Dow Fellowship Program Director, and Stephen Chen, co-founder and general partner at Press Start Capital. We're talking about the funding ecosystem for startups and Web3 right now. James, I'm curious, uh, as we dive into your fellowship, maybe what are some of the trends you're seeing of the challenges that early stage Web3 projects are facing and some of the, the big opportunities? Ooh, I think that's a great question. Um, I'll start with the opportunities first. I think where we're seeing traction happen is in places where blockchain and and Web3 is unable to be replaced by some other legacy technology. So in places where where ownership and coordination, um, because you can have, let's say, tokenized incentive models, make more sense than doing things with, with like a traditional C-Corp or an LLC structure. And my favorite example of that are DAOs, which are decentralized autonomous organizations that have like a specific research focus in mind. So as I was saying a little earlier about decentralized science, there are some decentralized science DAOs focusing on niche areas like uh, longevity or hair loss. And in doing that, they can bring in not just scientists or investors, but also enthusiasts who are passionate about hair loss, longevity, that, that want to see this movement move forward and can actually become a part owner in bringing those ideas to the real world and bringing them to life. Um, so places where uh, blockchain and tokenization are actually enabling um, is a huge opportunity. And and downsides, or, or as you were saying a little earlier about where we're seeing uh, sort of less traction is, um, I, as we were all joking, just places where you want to add, hey, we're going to do this thing and mint it as an NFT to give it to people. I think uh, we're seeing that that actually in a lot of cases, when you add a, a blockchain component to things, it adds friction to end users because let's be honest, the user experience just isn't quite that great. Totally. So you, the companies who aren't um, adding enough of a reason or, or there isn't a fundamental need for there to be a blockchain are actually just making the lives of the people they're trying to serve harder. And now that there's you know less capital around, um, you can't go as long without serving truly good experiences to your users. That's right. I, I feel like there are a lot of projects that I saw that uh, are like, we're solving a problem. And you're like, wait, but is that really a problem? And like, maybe <laughs> are you making it worse? Um, Steven, I, I'm curious, what are you seeing with your startups? What are some of the challenges that your founders are facing and, and some of the, the opportunities that they're diving into right now? Mm, good question. <sighs> I think challenges is like, I would say for a lot of the early stage founders is just really standing out in the crowd. Um, even in the bear market, you know, in the bull market, it's even harder because you have so much noise going on uh, in the market. But even in today's bear market, uh, I would say probably the number one request we hear from our portfolio founders is, uh, you know, how do we do a better job of standing out? How do we market our message in, in a way that resonates with users? Um, especially, you know, how do we resonate with web to more mainstream consumers? So that's something we hear a lot um, from, from the challenges standpoint. Um, I'm sorry, I forgot the second question. No, I was just like um, on the on the opportunity side. Um, I, yeah. I know you're you're 
a lot of your focus is, is gaming and music and entertainment. Like, are you are you still seeing that as, as a huge area that people are focused on or, or are you seeing a shift in the kinds of startups coming to you? No, we're still seeing a ton of, of interesting startups. Uh, we're seeing a lot of like very experienced veteran uh, game developers uh, entering the space even now, even during this bear market. So I think that's a great signal. Um, that being said, you know, I think we're still super, super early when it comes to to Web3 gaming. You know, I think we're probably like in the second inning or so. Um, you know, a lot of the games to date are not really games, if we're being perfectly honest. Um, and so I think the opportunity is for, you know, experienced uh, game developers that have, that know how to build fun and engaging uh, games, because that's actually harder than, than learning blockchain. So we think that's an opportunity for these guys to come into the space uh, and really kind of show and provide um, case studies and examples of what does a good, fun, uh, engaging Web3 game look like. And, I want to echo yeah. the end point that Steven made there, which is it's fundamentally still really early in the ecosystem and nowhere near are we to exhausting all the ideas out there. So if you're curious, if you want to get your hands dirty, now is the time to be building. Um, like Steven mentioned, there are there is less noise in the ecosystem. There's fewer people shouting about why their thing is the best and why you should buy whatever it is that they're selling. So if you're in it for the fundamental, like, okay, how can blockchain improve people's lives? In what ways does changing the ownership structure make um, new models happen? I think now is one of the best times to get involved. It's a great, great point. Um, I, I'd love maybe we could do a little bit of like a brainstorm together because one of the things that's really been eating at me a lot is that when you have these down markets and a lot of funding and capital pulls back, um, I mean, all entrepreneurs suffer, but really like diverse entrepreneurs suffer a lot. Women who already aren't getting that much funding get so much less. So as really influential people in this world who are who are funding entrepreneurs, who are coaching and mentoring them, like how do we make sure this down market doesn't like scare away the already very few women left in the space? You know, I, I think that's a great question. And what one of the um, examples I've seen that are fighting against uh, the lack of diversity um, is a company by the name of Gitcoin. And if you're not familiar, Gitcoin is like a Kickstarter for specifically Web3. But what makes them interesting is that how the community or um, individuals invest or donate their capital to whatever projects it is, um, Gitcoin has a second separate pool of capital that they use to match those donations. And just this year, uh, Gitcoin ran, um, I want to say, more than one diversity, equity and inclusion rounds. And so it was wonderful to see that the ethos of bringing people in and giving anyone an opportunity to uh, make their mark in Web3 is being held and uh, is being invested in through systems like uh, Gitcoin's DE&I round. Mm. Stephen, what about you? What are you seeing? Yeah, I think the simplest advice would just to, um, you know, build something, ship something and put it out there. Um, you know, I think what, one interesting example I saw was this NFT artist who's a 10 or 11 year old girl, right? And, you know, I think for her to kind of like, break into the traditional art world would just never happen in, in that world. But I think what's cool is that she kind of took advantage of that, the fact that the NFT community is so open and, and receptive. Uh, and so, yeah, I think it's just, you know, put yourself out there, um, 
and, and kind of uh, see where the chips fall. For sure. One other one other thing that I'd like to add here is um, women are half of, of the population and we see uh, projects that are specifically targeting um, women. And, and I see this in the DSI space under a DAO called Athena DAO, who's raising awareness and building community around um, investing in science to improve women's reproductive health. And so there are opportunities and there are organizations. Uh, there's also um, women web three or women in web three in science, uh, which is a, a organization dedicated to improving diversity, equity, and inclusion. There are pockets out there. And so you don't have to be intimidated. You can go find your tribe. There are people at, like us that are excited to lend a hand and, and make sure that you can find your way. It's ter really terrific advice. In our final few minutes together, um, I'm curious, maybe each of you can share a little bit of like, what would make an entrepreneur stand out to you? Like your your tips for entrepreneurs who are who are pitching or uh, who are seeking capital in this bear market and, and anything else you're excited about. So Stephen, maybe you want to kick us off. For me, it's um, uh, fast learning. That's um, you know, so if you could kind of demonstrate that you're willing to kind of like put something out there and you're willing to kind of iterate and learn from the market, um, I would say that's probably the number one thing um, that we're looking for. Um, as far as like other interesting trends, you know, I think uh, community co-creation is something that that we find very interesting. Um, if you guys have been following this TikTok trend called doubloons, I think that's actually like a great example of the community kind of creating content. And, and seeing emergent behaviors come out of that. So yeah, that's kind of what we keep an eye out for. Awesome, and James, bring us home. So at Orange Dow, one of the biggest things that we uh, drill into when we talk to entrepreneurs is why are they using Web3? Make mm -hmm. sure that you make it really clear what about Web3, blockchain, crypto, whatever aspect it is that you're using makes your project or your products or whatever it is that you're building that much better because it has blockchain attached to it. And a, a second sub point is we love seeing people who have um, really high ambitions, uh, but are also able to run sort of the day-to-day -day operations to make things grow from the bottoms up. Um, one of the hardest parts about being an entrepreneur is living in the future, but dealing with the day-to-day -day in the present. And so being able to see someone think uh, really far, let's say 10 years out from now, but then also show us how what they've done in the past few days and what they plan to do in the next few weeks ties that road together from the present to the future is really, really convincing for us. These are great, great feedback. I, I took a lot of notes. I'm very excited to get more into uh, decentralized science to uh, Stephen. I'm going to go take a look at, at Match Day and Royal and Athena Dow and everything. Um, Stephen, where can people reach you and learn more about Press Start Capital? Yeah, uh, on Twitter. So you can find me at Stephen Meets on Twitter and uh, Press Start Cap. Amazing. And James, where can people learn more about your great work at Orange Dow? So we are orange dow dao dot xyz and I'm at James Sinka on Twitter. Perfect. Thank you both so much for joining me in the Crypto Cafe. I hope one day we'll be enjoying coffee together in Paris and, and other wonderful locations. But uh, <laughs> for now, uh, enjoy Love Boston, it. LA, the metaverse, and everywhere that we are. Thank you so much, uh, truly, both to James Sinka, Steve, and Chen for for joining me today. Thank you, Randy. Thanks, Randy. Appreciate it.
Thanks. That was Crypto Cafe. I'm your host, Randy Zuckerberg, and I hope you can uh, feel a little more enthusiastic coming out of this discussion that even though there are some clouds over the Web3 and crypto community right now with the FTX collapse, with consumer sentiment being a little bit down on crypto, there's a lot of incredible people building. There are Uh, investors and fellowship opportunities for those who want to start a project or start a company in Web3 and definitely a feeling that the building has only just begun. So thanks for tuning into the Crypto Cafe. I'll be back next week with more.